You are listening to Real Relationship Talk, a podcast helping married and pre-married couples build lasting love from above. Got problems? Let's solve them. Because real trials need real truth. Now it's time to get in the game with your relationship coach and host, Dana Shea. Hey, hey, everybody, it's Dana Shea, and you're listening to Real Relationship Talk. I'm so happy that you all are here today. I'm actually in Washington, D.C., our nation's capital, with my family. My daughter, Kayla, who's 20 years old, has an incredible honor today to present to all of the leadership of the United States Air Force. My daughter's in the Air Force ROTC program at her college, and she is going into her senior year next year. And so she's been in ROTC since her freshman year, and they invited her to speak about a scholarship that she got through the United States Air Force. So we're here, and if you hear any difference in audio, I am literally right now in a hotel room closet with a blanket over my head because I need to reduce the sound that's bouncing off of these walls. So if the podcast sounds a little different to you today, that's why. But anyway, we are here with Kayla and um, I'm just so excited for her. You know, as a parent, I know most of you can attest to this if you have kids. It is our desire that our kids go way farther than we ever have gone And our adult kids and our littles, our teenagers, they are just making us so proud with what they are doing with the gifts that God has given them. So Kayla gets to speak today before the Air Force Chief of Staff, the commanders, the generals, over 200 ROTC cadets. And um, she's really nervous, but we're not speaking that over her. We are believing God is going to give her confidence as she prepares. So um, anyway just kind of giving you guys a little peek into my world. And um, as I was thinking about y'all, you know, I'm always praying that God would give me the right words to say on the show to um, to those of you who need encouragement and support. I mean, that's the whole reason that I do this podcast. So I am coming off the heels of an amazing conference I was actually invited to speak at called the Praying Women's uh, Conference. Or I'm sorry, the Praying Christian Women's Conference. Big difference there, right? Um, and I spoke on the importance of praying for your marriage. So maybe some of you are here today on this podcast because you were at that conference and you found out about Real Relationship Talk. Welcome, if this is your very first episode. And maybe others of you, you heard me promoting the conference in my email newsletter, and you're here because you wanted to see how it went. And the conference was incredible. It was um, it was really just, it's always an honor for me to be in a space with other people who are like-hearted. I don't like to say like-minded because I think we all have different minds and different opinions and thoughts, but for people who are like-hearted and who have the same passion, which is really just to see people come alive and be all that they are called to be in Christ. So whether you're a Christian or not, I believe that God has drawn you here to this podcast episode today because he has some encouragement that he wants to give to you. So without any further ado, let's go ahead and jump into the topic of today's conversation. Do you ever wonder, what is the secret to a truly happy marriage? Maybe you find yourself looking at other couples wondering, what do they know that I don't? Well, friend, I have developed a free resource for you. It's a free audio called Seven Secrets to a Happy Marriage. These are some principles that I've learned in my own 23-year marriage that I know is going to encourage you on your journey to having a truly happy and healthy marriage. Download your free resource today at realrelationshiptalk.com. 
forward slash seven secrets. That's realrelationshiptalk.com forward slash seven secrets. Now let's get to our show. All right, you all. So today I want to give you an acronym for how to pray for your marriage. I am an acronym girl. I love alliteration. I love acronyms because they help us to remember what we need to know. So as I was praying for you all before I started recording this episode, I thought, Lord, how would I encourage people to pray over their marriage? And why do we need to pray for our marriages anyway? Like, isn't it enough for us to just do the things that we're supposed to do? Isn't it enough for us to just put into practice what we're learning either on this podcast or what we're reading in books or what we've heard in other marriage conferences? The answer is yes and yes, but we also need to cover our marriages in prayer. And so there's an acronym that I want to share with you today, and it's the word COVER. What does it mean to cover your marriage in prayer? And I know that some of you right now, I already hear your hearts. You're thinking, I'm weary, Dana. I've been praying for my husband. I've been praying for my wife. I've been praying for my marriage, and I'm not really seeing a lot of change. Maybe others of you feel guilty because you know that you need to be praying more, and you just forget or you just don't think to do it. Y'all, I understand. I mean, I am telling you what I know through experience, but I'm also telling you that I, as a marriage coach, sometimes get weary in prayer over my own marriage, and sometimes I forget to pray. I forget to pray specifically for what I'm going to tell you about today. So I am here right with you, all right? So if there's any judgment, any condemnation that you're feeling, just go ahead and throw that out, all right? We are all on a journey together, and I'm going to help us all today to learn these five simple ways on how to cover your marriage in prayer. So let's go ahead and jump right in. The first letter is C. So again, cover is an acronym, C-O-V-E-R. So the C stands for compassion. I believe that when we are praying for our spouses, we have to start from a place of compassion. We have to start not from a place of judgment or a place of like tattletelling on our spouses to God, but from a place of compassion, a place that says, you know what, Lord, I know that my spouse is going through some challenges in their life right now. I know that maybe they haven't been responding to me the best way, or maybe they're walking in fear or shame, or maybe they're beating themselves up over insecurities that they have or weaknesses that they have. So when we go to God for others, we need to first of all, go with a heart of compassion. We don't go to God self-righteously. There's a parable in the Bible about the tax collector and the uh, Pharisee or the publican, some translations say. And the difference in prayer is that the tax collector goes before God humbly. He's like, I'm not worthy of of your mercy, Lord, where the Pharisee was all self-righteous and listing all the wonderful things that he had done. When we go to God in prayer, we come humbly. We come understanding that none of us are worthy. That's why we're there. We don't go to God because we're worthy. We go to him because we know we're not. And so when we go to God, first and foremost, to to the Lord for our spouses, we go with a heart of compassion. Ephesians 4.32 says, Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as Christ forgave you. Think about that. How are you treating your spouse? Are you treating them with compassion? Are you treating them with kindness? Are you walking in forgiveness? Or are you going to God because you've got a grudge against them and you're like, you know what, Lord? And let me tell you the other thing they did. And this is also what they did. So if that's how you're going to God, friend, I'm just going to tell you, like, 
don't expect to have your prayers answered because God doesn't respond to that. The Bible says that he resists the proud, but he draws near to the humble. So when you go to God, first and foremost, go with compassion. All right, the letter O is for oneness. Marriage is all about becoming one. That's really the promised land, quote unquote, in marriage, is that we are becoming one. The goal of marriage is not to be happy. The goal of marriage is not just to have your needs met. The goal of marriage is not just to have a good friend. Those are all byproducts of oneness. The purpose of marriage is that you and your spouse become one. That's God's deal. Okay. And so when we go to God in prayer for our spouses, our heart has to be God, make us one. Help me to become one with this man. Help me to come one with this woman. John 17, 22 and 23. These were some of Jesus's final words that he prayed before he went to the cross. It's so important that we get this, y'all. Jesus says here, he says, I have given them the glory that you gave me so that they may be one as we are one. He's talking to the father. He's saying, God, you and I are one. We're one in the same. And I want my people, my disciples, my children, my brothers and sisters, right? That's talking about you and me. He wants us to be one. He goes on in verse 23 to say, I am in them and you are in me. May they experience such perfect unity that the world will know that you sent me and that you love them as much as you love me. Y'all, this always convicts me when I read this scripture because how does the world know that Jesus is real? They don't know that he's real because we know a whole bunch of Bible verses. They don't know that he's real because of the miracles that he did, even though those are great. They don't know that he's real because we tell him that he's real. The Bible says that the world will know that Jesus Christ is real, that God sent him as the savior of the world by how you and I walk in oneness and unity with one another. How much more for our marriages? Did you know that your marriage is a living witness of the realness, if I can put it that way, of who Jesus is? So when people see you and your spouse walking in unity, not always agreeing, being real humans, right? Like we disagree sometimes, that's okay. But to actually walk in oneness, that is such an example to the world of who Christ is. So let me encourage you as you pray to go to God in prayer with the attitude of oneness. It's not about me being right. It's not about me showing up my spouse or me needing to prove a point. It's about me getting on the same page and being unified with my spouse. So when we're having conflicts, my goal isn't that I win. My goal isn't that I can prove my side. My goal is how can we become one even in the face of the conflict that we're experiencing right now? So oneness. All right, the V and cover stands for vigor. Vigor is not a word that we use a whole, whole lot, but I love it. Vigor means effort, energy, and enthusiasm. So when you pray, your prayers need to be vigorous. We don't come to God like, oh, Lord. Oh, Lord, I'm so sick and tired of this man right now. Oh, my God, Lord. I don't know why I married this woman. Oh, Lord, Jesus, have mercy. Like, Honestly, y'all, real talk, there are times for those kinds of prayers when you're just kind of pouring your heart out and you're just lamenting to God for something. But hopefully, your all your prayers are not like that. 
hopefully the majority of your prayers are going to be vigorous prayers. They're going to be prayers that are full of effort. They're energized. They're enthusiastic. Where you're saying like, God, I believe that you have the best for both of us in store. I believe that we are going to overcome whatever challenges come our way. I believe, Lord God, that the best is yet to come for us. And even when you are weary, you can still pray vigorous prayers. Isaiah 40, 29 says that he, meaning he, meaning God, he gives strength to the weary and he increases the power of the weak. How many of you have ever felt weary in your marriage? I've got my hand up. How many of you have ever felt weak in your marriage? I've got my hand up. I get it. There are times that we feel weary. There are times that we're just like, Lord, I'm so done. I am so tired of this. Where we feel weak, where we feel like we don't have what it takes in order to have a flourishing marriage, a marriage that thrives. But the good news, y'all, is that we don't have to do this in our own strength, that God gives us strength, that he gives strength to the weary that God is the one who increases our power. He gives us wisdom. He gives us sustainability. He is the one who gives us the energy that we need to make the effort that we need to make so that our marriages can be full of vigor. So when we pray, we pray vigorously. All right, let's move on to the E. So we've got C is for compassion. O is for oneness. V is for vigor. The E stands for expectation. I love talking about this. If you've been around me for any length of time, you know I am always talking about praying with expectation. I'm a pastor at my church, if you didn't know that. And whenever I'm leading a prayer service, I always say, we are going to pray with expectation. We are not just going to pray and hope for the best. We're not just going to throw out these prayers in the universe and hope that one of them sticks. No, 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 no. When we go to the Lord, we go to him with a heart of expectation. Do you know who you are? Do you know, if you are a Christian, do you know that you are a son of the living God, that you are a daughter of the living God, that he hears you when you pray, and that not only is he able to move on your behalf, but he is willing to move on your behalf. So when we go to God in prayer, we go to him expecting that what we're praying for, we will have. And there are so, 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 so many scriptures in the Bible about praying with faith. That's really what faith is. It's expectation. If you're praying for something that you don't even really believe is going to happen, then why even pray for it? So when we go to God, we pray with expectation. Psalm 5.3 says, listen to my voice in the morning, Lord. Each morning, I bring my request to you and I wait expectantly. Some other translations say, I eagerly watch. Like imagine that, that when we're praying, it's like a little kid who's sitting on the step watching for something to happen. We're waiting, we're expectant. We believe that what we're praying for, God is actually going to do. So if you're praying that your spouse would come to know the Lord, expect that they're coming into the kingdom. If you're praying that your spouse stops some whatever addictive behavior they might have, then go ahead and start rejoicing in that thing even now. Start praying in victory. Start praying, believing that what you're praying for, you will have. Jesus says that. He says, when you pray, believe it and you will receive what you're asking for. So we pray with expectation. All right, friends. The last letter is readiness. So that R stands for readiness. 
What does it mean to be ready? That means that we are ready to obey what we hear. Oh, I love talking about praying as listening because a lot of people think that when you pray, you're doing all the talking. It's a monologue like I'm doing right now. I'm talking to you. I can't hear you talking back. I know some of y'all are talking back to me and that's great. I love it. But when we pray, it is a dialogue, y'all. We pray and then we listen. So if you've never prayed like that, I want to encourage you. It, it, it's very simple to do. You go ahead and you you present your request to God, but then you get quiet and listen and see if you can hear what God is speaking back to you. Now, most of us aren't going to hear him speak audibly, but you're going to hear something in your heart. You're going to, maybe a scripture is going to come to your mind or you're going to hear something and it's God's response to you. So what is he saying back to you? Most often when I'm praying about something, God will speak and he'll tell me to do something. And honestly, I don't always like what he says. I don't always want to do what he's telling me to do. So for example, if I'm praying and I'm like, Lord, Sean and I, we're a little disconnected right now. I pray, Lord God, that he would learn how to be more affectionate to me. If I'm quiet, you know what I usually hear? I usually hear something like this. Dana, you're holding a grudge against Sean because of something that he did to you last week. I need you to forgive him. I'm like, um, that is not what I asked you, Lord. But that's real, right? Or I might hear something like this. When's the last time that you put your arms around him and told him that you loved him? Um, dot, 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 right? Because I'm expecting God to like do whatever I want him to do. Like God doesn't work for us though, y'all. Like we got to understand that God is not one of our little minions that we send off on little errands to do things for us. No, 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 no. Like we have got that all twisted. God is the God of the universe. He's sovereign. He knows way more about everything than we could ever know. And oftentimes he will speak to us and tell us something that we need to do. So when we pray, we have to be ready to obey. You got to be ready to hear what the spirit of the Lord is going to tell you to do when you're praying. Now, it's not always bad and negative. Sometimes you'll hear God speak back. Keep going. Stay encouraged. Keep believing. You'll hear him say things like that. But often be ready to hear him tell you to do something. In Luke chapter 11, 28, it says that Jesus replied, blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and obey it. So we're not just hearers of God's word. When you pray and you hear something and you walk off and you don't do it, well, why should you expect God to keep speaking to you? Why should you expect God to answer your prayer if he's going to speak to you and then you're not going to obey what he says? And here's a, a quick little tip here. How do you know if it's God speaking to you, whether it's you speaking to you or whether it's the enemy speaking to you? I get that question a lot. A lot of times when God tells you to do something, your flesh is not going to like it. Some people think that God only tells them wonderful things that they want to hear and stuff that they want to do. That's usually you, boo. <laughs> That's usually you talking to yourself. So when you hear things like, yeah, I can do bad by myself. I don't have to put up with this. God wants me to be happy. That is not in scripture anywhere. So usually if you hear something that your flesh is like, I don't like that. That's usually God. You're welcome. All right. So how do we pray and cover our marriage? We pray with compassion. 
We pray with oneness on our heart, believing that God is calling us into unity. We pray with vigor, enthusiasm, effort, energy. We pray with expectation, believe for what you're asking for. And then we pray with readiness, get ready for whatever God is going to tell you to do. If he tells you to forgive, you need to forgive. If he tells you to let something go, let it go. If he tells you to remain steadfast and don't give up, well, guess what? He's going to give you the power and the endurance to be steadfast. So then how do we pray and what do we pray for? Well, there's a million things that you can pray for concerning your marriage. I could literally create an entire other podcast just on this subject alone. So instead of prescribing you prayers, I want to encourage you on some topics that you can start praying for today. Maybe your prayer life is real, real shallow. Maybe you only pray kind of every now and again when you find yourself in a ditch or, or in trouble or in a pit somewhere. Or maybe you do genuinely want to grow in your prayers and, and you just don't really know where to start. So specifically praying for your marriage, I want to encourage you to pray for unity. And I know I talked about this when we were talking about oneness, but this is so important, you all, that we begin to pray for unity. The enemy is always coming to try to bring division. Literally, it is his number one job is to bring disunity, to bring disorder, to bring chaos. So we're going to pray for unity. When there are conflicts that arise, what's more important, the relationship or you being right? If you being right is most important, then you're in the wrong relationship. And I don't mean that by you chose the wrong person. I mean, you are not a candidate for marriage, if I can just be blunt. It's not about you being right. The relationship is what's most important. So pray for unity. And when you begin to pray for unity, you realize that you need to get an alignment and your spouse. It's not your spouse coming over to your side. And it's not you going over to your spouse's side and doing everything they want. It's both of you getting into agreement. Another thing that you can pray for is wisdom. I'm kind of giving you some overarching themes here. Of course, under these, if you look at these as like umbrellas, under these umbrellas are going to be lots and lots of things that you can pray for. Wisdom about what? Wisdom about how to parent. Wisdom about your finances. Wisdom about decisions that you need to make together. Wisdom about how you spend your time. Wisdom about all kinds of things. But overall, pray for wisdom. God is the source of wisdom. And the Bible says that if you lack wisdom, you can ask God and he will pour it out on you liberally. And that's in the book of James. You can ask God, Lord, I don't know which way to turn. I don't know what I should do here. So pray for wisdom. Pray that you and your spouse would be in unity in the areas of wisdom that you need. Pray for protection over your marriage. I said earlier that the enemy works overtime to bring chaos and disorder. He wants to destroy you. He wants to destroy your legacy. He wants to destroy your family. He wants to destroy your mental health. He wants to destroy you. So you have to fight against him in prayer. Pray for protection. Pray that God would keep your marriage from outsiders, from adultery, from your own temptation, from your own weaknesses. Pray that God would protect your health, your mind, your spirit. So pray for protection over your marriage. You can pray for strength and resilience. As we go through life, y'all, we all get weary at times. We all want to take a little rest stop, a little pit stop. 
And that's all right, as long as that's like short-lived. But some of you are so weary. You know, you can pray for strength. You can pray for endurance. You can pray for perseverance. So pray for that. Pray for that in your spouse. If your spouse is cutting up and acting a fool, maybe they're not an evil person. Maybe they're just weary and they're tired. So pray for strength and resilience for them as well. And then the last thing I want to say is that you can pray and should be praying for peace. Nobody wants to live in a home that's full of conflict and chaos and disorder. So pray for peace. Pray for peace in your communication, that you guys would have peaceful conversations. Pray for peace in your home, that the atmosphere in your home is an atmosphere of peace. Pray for peace in your mind, that your thoughts are not full of anxiety and worry and doubt and confusion. Pray for peace in your marriage. I think if you pray along these lines, then a lot of the little issues that we face in life, they're going to be taken care of. Because we're praying these big, bold, powerful prayers. And lastly, I'll say, your prayers don't have to be super long and drawn out. They can be very short. They can be simple. They should always be heartfelt and authentic. So this is why I don't like to say, like, repeat after me when I'm leading people in prayer. Because that's not your heart. That's my heart. Pray your heart to God. Talk to him like you would talk to a friend because that's who he wants to be to you. He wants to be your friend. He wants to listen to you. He wants to give you an amazing life, but more importantly, he wants you to know him. When we pray to God, that's our way of getting him to know us. We're telling him these are the the, uh, concerns and these are the cares that are on my heart. When we read his word, that's how we get to know him. So what's really powerful is when you learn how to pray God's word back to him. Because you know that that's a guaranteed yes. You're literally praying his heart back to him. So those prayers, again, can be simple, but let them be heartfelt. So you guys, I hope that this has encouraged you as you pray for your marriage. I look at praying for my marriage as like, a covering. And that's why I titled this podcast this way. It's a protective mechanism. It's a shield. It's it's a it's a buffer. It's a barrier. So don't neglect this in your relationship. I can teach you communication skills. I can teach you intimacy. I can teach you about boundaries. I can teach you about all those things. And I love talking about all those things. But more importantly, pray for your marriage. Allow God to cover it. And if you pray this way, friend, I am convinced that your marriage is going to be revolutionized. You're going to wake up and be like, what the what? What? What kind of relationship am I in? This is amazing. It's not going to happen overnight. Nothing good does. But be steadfast. Endure. Keep going. Persist in prayer. And you're going to experience the peace of God that's going to blow your mind. So thank you so much for being here today. I love, love, love encouraging you all in this way. If this podcast is encouraging you, then would you do me a favor and write a review? You can do that on Apple Podcasts and now Spotify. I would love for other people to hear about how this podcast is blessing you and how it can bless them too. And of course, you can find the show notes to this podcast at realrelationshiptalk.com forward slash episode 129. Thank you guys so much for being here today. Love you all. And remember, 
A good relationship is not one that works. A good relationship is one where you put in the work. Let's get to work, my friends. I'll see you on the next episode. Take care. Thank you for listening to Real Relationship Talk with Dana Shea. Find the show notes, helpful articles, and more relationship tips at realrelationshiptalk.com. Enjoying the show? Be sure to rate and review wherever you listen to your podcasts. And remember to subscribe. We'll see you on the next episode. Hey there, it's Nicole Yunus, host of the How to Study the Bible podcast, where every single week we join together to encounter God through His Word. You can subscribe at lifeaudio.com.